Right, good evening and welcome to Horror. I'm Lee. I am Adam. And I'm Chris. And we are here in preparation for St. Patrick's Day, which is coming up very shortly. Um, we have decided this evening, therefore, to cover Leprechaun, the original movie, um, for better or for worse, and to drink beer. Hey! hey. It's not a Guinness, because we're not savages. It's not a Guinness, because we ain't got any. <laughs> but it is milk stout, so, yeah, that's fine. So, we have just watched Leprechaun, but in the meantime, what have we been watching since? Adam? Um, well, I've had I've had a horror moment. I had a uh, gastroscopy, um, which was uh, basically when they shove a camera down your throat. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, they said to me, you've got two options. We can three- freeze your throat. Or we can sedate you. So I said, well, sedation sounds all right. And they said, yeah, because what happens with sedation is exactly the same thing happens to you, only you forget it. And I thought, that is terrifying. (laughs) That is far scarier than the idea of people, like, sticking things in my throat. So, uh, So I opted for that, and boy, was that an experience. As I was laid on a thing with the... Sort of thing they put into hand here now. Don't, don't, because it just. I, I've had it done, yep. and you just talking about it is. It's ringing. It it's back. really quite. It's really quite an experience. It's really horrible. There's a lot of retching, and the mm. thing was, is I was quite embarrassed, and I kept apologising, whilst I had a camera in my throat. And so, wait, when you said sedated, so you were. I didn't. Slight... Get, no, I didn't get sedated. Okay. I, I just had. They can. They basically numb your throat mm. so it doesn't hurt as much going in Okay, but yeah the other option was to be woozy and out of and I was like that's yeah no that's scarier just mm. the idea okay. of like you won't remember and it's like yeah well what else won't I remember <laughs> you all getting your cocks out and fucking taking pictures <laughs> whipping a kidney out you know that's what I won't remember so, so that's what I imagine with medical people yeah exactly you know you can't trust them you go, you go into this business but um yeah, so I had that done, which was fun. Um, and um, But the best bit was is that I got up at the end of it and I was, I'm really sorry, I hope I didn't embarrass myself. And everyone was like, oh, no, no, you're absolutely fine. And can I just say that you can say that with a certain level of dignity before you realise you've got a tiny little bit of vom in your beard. Mm. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so that probably came off not quite as well. Mm. Um, in the meantime, hor- um, in terms of what I've watched, I watched... Um, I kind of stumbled across it and then I know Bobby on Not For Everyone Hello was watching uh, watched it as well so I was like oh well I'll, I'll definitely keep up with that I watched Hellier yes which, uh, which um, best summed up in the with the terms uh, all foreplay and no orgasm because it's <laughs> it was quite good I quite enjoyed it and I thought that you know they had some interesting things they had a, a thing called a spirit box idea which is something I want to try mm. Um, but yeah, essentially, it was like a lot of these things where it's like finding Bigfoot. Well, you clearly didn't find fucking Bigfoot, did you? Because we'd have heard about it yeah. rather than finding out on a Netflix documentary. So, so what was the spirit box? The spirit that box sounds like it could be a unique thing. Well, what it is, it's these two guys who what they do is is one of them um, gets a small digital radio and sets it to just blast through the channels, hmm. um, and then he sits there with. Uh, noise can- with with headphones on, but then noise cancelling headphones over those, and a blindfold on, 
and he just shout. He just says what he hears okay. in the radio broadcasts. Interesting. And um, but yeah, so they they let it run through the um, the channels, and then kind of you get voices and bits coming in, mm. and so they kind of uh, interrogate him. But obviously, he can't hear them. Mm. Um, but they're sort of like, so you know, what what are we doing here? And then, and it was quite an interesting thing. It's one of those things where you just think, I'd love to do that high as a kite. <laughs> but um, but yeah, so that that was um, that was a uh, it was a good show. I mean, I I sort of enjoyed it. I mean, I did find, like I say, doesn't particularly go anywhere, but it's quite. A sort of enjoyable bit of telly, I suppose. I like the first episode. That was as first far episode. as I got, and then mm. yeah, and then I didn't quite get to watching any more. But um... basically, I think the thing is, is that like with a lot of these things, is they really build up towards the end, and then the end, very little happens. Mm. And to be honest, I was expecting a bit more of the. I thought that there was the element of the threat of going around a small town and asking silly questions. Yeah, yeah. And I thought it was going to kick off in that circumstance. And they sort of kind of suggest that it's going to kick off. It don't. Um, <laughs> the other thing that got me with it, though, was... Um, and it's interesting that it sort of kind of relates to what we've watched tonight. They do mention that, that basically it's someone who's looking for goblins because it's very much the... Hopkinsville case, yeah, or similarities to the Hopkinsville case, which we discussed on our Critters episode. Go back in the uh, archive and listen to the Critters episode. For exactly, more because this is the thing: is that at one point they're saying uh, the main sort of investigator guy on it and everything is going. It's a very weird thing that everyone keeps using. A lot of people have used this term, and I've just never heard it before. But people are using, well, not never heard it in relation to sort of cryptids or paranoid, paranormal events or anything, a lot of people keep using the term critters, and it's like right, you are just right, that's it, you're off the list mate yeah. if how you, do you not know that? yeah, if it's like, you know, Wikipedia the entry on critters or the Hopkinsville case mention each other like the, the, the least bit of research you could ever do into something would bring critters Put those up two together. and so yeah, just the fact that he was like this this just reference was like, vroom. and you're like, well, you really, mate. You know, I don't know how you've, <laughs> I don't know how you've got to the point of wandering around someone's property, looking for fucking goblins, referencing the Hopkinsville case, and don't understand why someone has said critters to you. Yeah, that's just. So yeah, so that was bizarre. I watched uh, Tentacles, which is basically someone's answer to Jaws. Okay. Uh, but with a giant octopus, and I was quite impressed actually because the giant octopus ain't that bad. Mm. Um, sort of a bit. Um, it's it's very much like Jaws. They've tried to go serious drama, but it's got a fucking incredible soundtrack. <laughs> it's like some Italian guy, and it's just really good. And there's some weirdly odd sort of because it's got John Huston in it and Shelley Winters, so there's a lot of fairly big names. Mm. But there's like a bit where the octopus basically decimates a yacht race. Of like kids, like sort of yacht race thing, yeah. you know, where it's just like the sur- the windsurfing type yeah, stuff, yeah. yeah. Mm. But they sort of do it in f- like photographs almost. They just do still shots, and so the soundtrack can cont- like the, the the sounds all continue, but everything's like shot, still. shot, shot, just like still pictures yeah, that's quite a good during effect. the thing. And then there's just this flotilla of like wrecked 
boats and it's like an interesting yeah, idea there's mm. a lot of it's one of those things where it's certainly considering it's a film called Tentacles that's a rip off of Jaws <laughs> it is a lot better than that should be yeah um, for that um uh, yeah, I watched uh, True Detectives finish now. Um, I have just started True Detective oh, two days ago, so yeah. I'm on two and a half episodes. Well, I won't, I won't give anything away, but I'm satisfied with the ending. And also, um, there was a bit the penultimate episode, someone rings up in a very threatening manner, and I'm thinking, I fucking know that voice. I really know that voice. And then the end credits roll, and there's just two words, white on black, Michael Rooker. And I was like, oh, nice. oh right, this is, this is going... You know, this is going to be bad. Now, now, he, now he's involved. That's not. That's not good. That's not good. Never is. Um, I, I, it, it's funny actually because I, I, obviously uh, the first series is one of the greatest bits of you know, the greatest pieces of TV I think I've mm. ever seen. Um, the second season was good. It wasn't the first season, but it was fine. But this third season, episode one, literally just felt like it felt like a remake of season one mm. so it was almost like they sort of tried to do something different with season two people didn't like it and they went right fuck you then we'll remake season one and that was exactly what it felt like it's a weird thing there's a lot of people online where they've had that same sort of thing where everyone feels that the writer is is swinging with what people have said mm. where it's like that's got to be tricky though because it, well, you want things to be successful exactly but you can't please all the people yeah exactly but I think I think I think it seems to be that he just appears to learn what people don't, you know, wh- whatever gets the complaint from that yeah. series, mm. he's quite happy to move against it and sort of say, well, fuck it, we'll go the opposite route. Mm. And I think actually there's a very interesting thing, and it's a weird thing because it's something that I've been noticing a lot more, is obviously true crime has become, like genuine true crime stuff is just, Huge, yeah. especially like podcasts and things like that. Mm. And it's got to the point where it is like it's it may be just a fucking murder, mm. you know. When like, sort of, but everything online is is a conspiracy. So it yeah. always needs to be, a yeah, bit more. It always so, and dramatic. I think, and I think there's a weird thing where, in a way, and they did it with the first series, really, even with the first series of True Detective, where it's like. Yeah, you're thinking that this is, and clearly there is a bigger conspiracy going on. But at the end of it, it's a fucking gardener yeah. who's just a f- foul psychopath. Yeah. But again, it's like low level, and it's it's the truth. It's like no, there aren't any geniuses. There no, there aren't Hannibal Lecters. There's just a mm. lot of Ed Geens. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of very dumb, very horrible people. Who get off? Yeah, things. who do horrific things, but, and they're actually quite ordinary. And they manage to get away with it though for a longer length of oh, time yeah. than you would expect. Yeah. Well, I mean, blimey, me and Claire were watching a thing about um, Fred and Rose West. I mean, there's one of the ones where it's like, you know, he's not even smart enough to fucking know. When when they finally got him and they were digging up the bodies in his garden, and then the first one he, he tried to pass it off as an accident. Second one he passes it off as an accident. In, in right, so in this, so this is in the in the cell, right, uh, in the interview room rather, and this is genuinely a quote from the the tapes, right, and he sort of like so he passes the first one off as an accident, like sex game went too far. Second one, he does much the same, and he goes, and I thought, I mean, I put her in the put her in the put her in the hole, and I thought, bloody hell, I mean, that's three I've done now, two. <laughs> <laughs> 
And at that point, the police rang back to like the guys on site at Cromwell Street and keep said, digging. "Keep digging." Yeah. <laughs> and but again, you're sort of like, "How the hell did you get away with this for the best part of like forty years?" He's scared. When you're that sort of, you know, when when you're literally like, if you put that in a comedy, someone would say, "No, nah, no, nah, it's a bit too obvious." Yeah. You know. People don't do that. Yeah. Well, yeah, they do. And some of them do really fucking horrible things as well. But, yeah, so um, I think that's I think that's everything. I've been watching In the Night Garden with Ted, and I will say to you, Chris, do you think that Eagle Piggle is like... that? It seems to be that it starts off and there's a stroke in the kid's hand. It's always a different kid. And then, he go, yeah. and then Eagle Piggle's on a boat going to the Night Garden. Yeah. Is it the kids experiencing the night garden through the fiction suit of Iggy, Iggle Piggle? Well, that is deeper than. Do you know what I mean? I, I see. I trusted you because <laughs> this, this, this was years ago. Yeah. Um, this could be your your lack of sleep still. <laughs> yeah, I think it probably it probably is, and the fact that I know all the words to all the songs now that is, is impressive. Quite, yeah, it's quite good. Um, but no, I've, I, oh, and I'm enjoying a thing. There's a thing called Moon and Me. And the only thing I'm obsessed with, there's a little bloke in it called Mr. Onion, who is an onion in a suit, and all he says is, onions. <laughs> but, but the way he says it is like it's a little private joke to himself. <laughs> it's like everyone else says something, and then he sort of ends it up with, onions. And you're like, what the fuck's going on with you, onions? What is, no, you're onions. Yeah. And what is that teaching the children? At the moment, it's teaching Ted that, yeah, you've got the clangers, night garden, and you're going to bed, mate. That's what it's teaching him at the moment. But um, so, so what is your favourite? Oh, um, I am quite obsessed with. Well, I'm, I'm obsessed with Mr. Onions just as a character. There is another character in it though, who is. I'm sure it's one of the things from the Night Garden, and they've just pulled its eyes out and turned it into a clown. Ow! Because there is a clown with no eyes, called what is it? Called Collywobble, who lives in a fucking handbag. And he comes out, and he is shittingly terrifying. That it's like, wrong. no, that's what I mean. But even the fact that he's called Collywobble, that is like Pennywise. It's, yeah. it's that is a proper horror yeah. clown name, yeah, yeah. Collywobble. But yeah, and it's just in this kid's yeah, show. You're not it's... looking for all of this at all, are you? <laughs> <laughs> Admittedly, that all does sound a bit obvious. But... Some, sometimes I think it's just, but it's clearly it's clearly Macapaca from the Night Garden. They've just got the head and taken the eyes out, and you're like. It's a clown with two fucking dark circles for eyes. That's horrific. It is really fucking horrible. So um, don't hug me. Has really got their work cut out for them. <laughs> well, this is the thing. After There's a lot the, of competition. I, I'm thinking of showing him. Don't hug me. I'm scared because yeah, I'm actually there is not... there is borderline shit in all of this. I mean, there's uh, there's birds that sing through a ring modulator in in the mm. night garden, which is mm. like yeah, which is disturbing. Well, what, why did you need own. to add that? Yeah, <laughs> but um, why not just nice bird song? Yeah, it's just really sort of distorted. And it, uh-huh. Bits of it sound like a horror film. Mm-hmm. So I'm now beginning to see what the Don't Hug Me, I'm Scared yeah. thing is, is because there's like, that is unsettling. And you're showing this to kids in an attempt to get them to sleep. And like I say, and we, we thought horror was, you know, yeah. was losing its steam. <laughs> it's all there, it's just. It's clearly there. not. There is some, uh, I'm sure I watched other things, but I will let someone else take the floor. Chris, what have you watched Ooh. in horror? Well, I've continued my uh, Darren Aronofsky marathon. You're a brave, brave, daft man. Oh, <laughs> well, you might say so. I, I think this one was a lot easier. Um, although it did make me actually really concerned for my real life 
situation. So it was Black Swan. Yeah. And, and I was thinking, should I let Eve carry on going back to ballet? Because... There's a lot more going on in ballet at the top end that, you know. We should say, actually, that Lady Jennifer, while we've been recording yeah. these last 10 minutes, has just come home from oh. having been to the ballet to watch it's Swan Lake. Tonight. Oh, okay. So, um, yeah. So she's actually started doing ballet again as well? She has, yes. Okay, well, that, so that was, I wasn't expecting you to say that she'd been to see Swan Lake. Yeah. Okay. So, that's so I think good. I should go and see it now as well. Well. To fully appreciate. Good luck the, with that. Yeah, I just oh, the ballet is just oh, it's too fucking abstract for me. Like I just but, but so so Black Swan does follow the correct story then of Swan Lake, does it? I it's a girl turning into a don't swan. Know. No, 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 no. The Swan Lake is is not not that, that at all. No, okay. no, no. Swan Lake is basically um, like the battle of good and evil between two swans, which it kind of is. There is it's equally boring. But it's yeah, it's on a slightly more mythic scale. We've been joined yeah. by Obi Cat. Hello. She has just walked into the room. Hello, beautiful. You're right. Hello. Little idiot. <laughs> but yeah, so so I, I thought it was great again. I really liked it. Um, I didn't mind um, yeah. Black Swan. Okay. Of his films, I again Pi and that I thought were quite. Well, yeah. yeah. See, I'd like to watch Black Swan again just because I think it should be. That, I was assuming you'd both seen it. That yeah. definitely would count in horror. Oh God, terms. yes. Well, so, so yeah. funnily enough, so we watched it over a couple of nights, but Shelley actually oh, didn't leave the room for any of it, because so, I was using it as my send off to bed when it's bedtime. <laughs> yeah, and she tries to stay up late. Your new Elm Street. Yeah, and uh, but yeah, she watched it all, and so so she actually didn't find any of it. She wouldn't have considered it horror. Yeah. Oh right. Okay. So. Um, yeah, I thought Natalie Portman did did a good job throughout. She's fantastic because, in it. I mean, and she, especially towards the end, because she, she did give the impression of a timid girl who really wanted to do her best, be perfect, but was struggling. Um, and then, yeah, at the very end, when she did turn into the Swan and played the Black Swan, I thought she did a good job of then portraying that. Yeah, I I, I think sorry, the cat has settled on you because you don't like him. Oh, oh no, I don't. What? Oh, I didn't think what, you were a fan. What are you throwing one? Oh, well. oh, yeah, you did, yeah, yeah. Oh, fine. Okay, well. I just don't tend to um, go up to cats and stroke them. I'll just leave them to do what they, they want to do. Because they can be dickheads. At oh, well, they, well, they don't always want you to. So no, that's true. Why, okay. why do something that someone doesn't want you to do? Definitely wants to be your friend. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was a long time ago I watched it, but, yeah, I um, I think I should definitely give it another rewatch at some point. But, mm. uh, but yeah, as always with Aronofsky stuff, I have to well, be in the mood yeah. for it. And I do remember it being a, a slow burn. So, yeah. Um, so since we last met, I've finally seen Slaughterhouse Rules. Oh, um, the the Simon Pegg one. Yeah, it was fine. I thought mm. that might be the best assessment. Yeah. yeah. Um, I quite enjoyed. It wasn't at all what I thought it was. Mm-hmm. When you watch the trailer, what it, you think it's going to be is not what it is. At all, right? Okay. It's very, very different. It sets it up as a slasher type thing, yeah, and it totally is not that. Oh, um, right, okay. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it. It was good fun. I think it's one of those. You know, although I enjoyed it, I don't see myself rushing back to rewatch it anytime soon. Um, no. Just because it didn't have anything particularly stand out about it, um, but it's re- it's written by. Um, 
What's his name? It's the guy who used to be in Cooler Shaker in the 90s. Oh, Crispin Mills. Yes. Yeah. I think that's right. Yeah, because he did that, um, that. I think it's directed by him because he did that, um, the that other, other one that Simon, Simon Pegg is in, in yes. An Absolute Fear of Everything yes. or something. Yes, which I re-watched two weeks ago in the, in uh, in preparation for this. Mm. Um, yeah, and I found that pretty much the same. You know, it's it's fun. It's kind of funny. It's yeah. It's acceptable. I, did, I didn't. It didn't annoy me. I quite enjoyed it, but I I watched it when it first came out. I've not had a, an urge to rewatch it apart from in the prep to rewatch this. Really. So yeah. What would be it, your ranking of Simon Pegg films? That's a good. Uh, Paul is possibly my favourite. Yeah, I like that. Um, yeah, because I can just rewatch that over and over again. Followed by Hot Fuzz, I can mm. watch that no matter what mood I'm in. Uh, then Shaun of the Dead. Then Shaun of the Dead. Then um, uh, End of the World. World's uh, End. World's End. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then everything else. I think. And where does Space of... come in? Uh, well, no. So I think Space might well be. Space is probably the ultimate for me, but it's not a film. Yeah, yeah, no. Yeah. But uh, but that it's was rewatchability is yeah, fantastic. It was seriously well done. And I haven't seen that in such no. a long time actually. It's one of those things that has it, it's aged wonderfully for me because it puts me back at a time mm. when I first watched it. But I yeah. think if you showed it to somebody a fresh now, I, not, I yeah. don't think it's aged particularly well. Probably not. I think that's the thing of when something's very of its resolute time, of its yeah. time. Um on uh on the subject, by the way, homework-wise, hmm. uh, Claire has now watched. Uh, I said she's watched *Pride of Frankenstein*. We watched uh, *Horror Express*. Yeah. Um, uh, she's now watched *The Abominable Doctor Fives* Excellent. and *Doctor Fives Rises Again*. Wonderful. She really fucking loved them because it was like, <laughs> oh, so there is a second one. I was like, yeah, if you want to watch it. Oh yeah. <laughs> so that is. She said, awesome. and weirdly enough, it was, is everyone back? And I was like, well, the policemen are back. Good. Okay, <laughs> and uh, Terry Thomas is back, but he's playing a completely different character. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, good, yeah. So, um, yeah, so we watched that, which is, um, God, it's just fucking great, anyway. Yeah. And I did watch, like I was saying about earlier, I watched the documentary Man Trap twenty five years later. Yeah. Which was the the horror game thing where it ended up getting a big panic thing come out about it when it eventually appeared on the Sega. Um, Genesis or Sega CD I think mm. they called it in America but yeah that was good but it also took me back to the fact that oh yeah I remember this where people were just going on about oh it's this shocking game that graphically shows you how to kill teenage girls and no it don't and frankly if you can make any, anything out you of the you can learn f- anything yeah <laughs> of, the, of the like forest of pixels that mm. you have to squint at to even attempt because that's the thing is they thought we can make a live action video game with real people mm. and it's like yeah except when you compress it to the size of a CD it makes like a Sinclair like a ZX Spectrum game look like fucking Mario Brothers you know so ultimately so it was nothing more than any other slasher film but a choose your own adventure slasher it, it, yeah, yeah. Add, add the interactive bit and, but that was the thing is because like it was a very, game yeah. suddenly it's like oh my god this is a terrible thing whereas you could it's, learn far better ways to kill people by reading Friday a book the 13th, or, yeah but yeah, also well, yeah. I th- but again it's I or th- just thinking with your head I suppose it's also <laughs> it's also just that thing of um, games 
were considered for children. Yeah. When no one, but it was one of those things where I think games were considered like toys, mm. where it's like you grow up, you stop playing with toys, but you don't stop playing games. Do you know what I mean? Like gamers were people. People who were gamers when their kids quite often grow up to still be doing it well, in later life all the time. Adults, you know, a lot of people played chess. It's exactly. Like, it's been games yeah. around forever. So, yeah, why really. it should be different from board yeah. games is no <laughs> mm. different. But I think it's just something where they kind of yeah. assume, oh, it's a kid's thing. Well, and then suddenly it came out. There's kids watching murders and things yeah. like that. And I, think, yeah. I think that's to- that, that, that thought process has totally changed now because, mm. as you say, those of us who grew up when we were kids with. It's not likely we're ever going to stop. And so, no, what? Yeah, well, no, absolutely. That's what I mean. Like, totally. I'm, I'm 40 years old mm. now, and I have just gotten back into a game that is taking over my life again. And mm. it, like, it's it's no bad thing. And this is always my argument. People always look down at gamers, like, mm. well, but, well, they used to. But, yeah, but, but like you know, adult gamers. Yeah. But ultimately, your two options. Well, not your two options there's lots of things you can do with your life but when you get home from work it was always acceptable when we were kids everyone got home from work and sat in front of the TV mm, right yeah. there's no social aspect yeah. there's no like you're not using your brain for it you're just sitting and absorbing whereas gaming you've got to think you've got to try it's a hand eye call it like, is an interactive thing yeah, yeah. Mm. that's what I mean so I think it's a far more it's, the it's re- not as intellectual as sitting and reading perhaps well but playing, I think playing even line is I think that's the thing. Yeah, but then think, everybody listening, play Eve Online. <laughs> it's fantastic, and it's now free to play to some degree. But I think that's the thing as well. Is I think it is dependent on the content as well. If you mm-hmm. go home and watch, watch the telly, but you watch good telly, yeah. it's probably all right. But if it's just soap wall- operas, well, yeah. just the wall, like if it's just the wallpaper of TV, yeah, where you're like, shit, did this get commissioned? <laughs> it's like I saw something like what was it Gogglebox the other day I saw they've got a game show and the premise of the game show is it's they build a tiny version of the set that they're on and then do a game on it so it's like you know the thing at the fun fair where you've got a bit of, a looped bit of metal going around a big yeah. like a metal thing and it's wiggly yeah. like that sort of thing yeah um, yeah that but on a really tiny set because they can 3D print the host as like a little tiny figure on a little... T- and it's like, this is... What the- are, are people crying out for this? I don't fucking think so. As you say, I think it's just, if every channel is just sewing shit, then you're just going to watch the best of the shit that's available yeah. rather than actually watching anything worthwhile. It's Well, it's a content thing. It's the same reason why there's more... There's like a few great true crime documentaries on Netflix but there's plenty of average really fucking boring 10 part true crime documentaries on there where they drip the information through and you're like oh you needed to fill 10 hours did you whereas this could have been a bloody good 2 hours yeah yeah mm. but you know <laughs> sort of um, so the other thing I've watched actually as well uh, although it, uh, it is horror I think the way it panned out um, last night I watched Lords of Chaos um, yeah, so that's yeah. that's the so it's the story. Burning... It's the story yeah. of the rise of Norwegian black metal mm. in the late eighties, early nineties. And there was a book. There was a called book Lords, of Chaos. Called Lords yeah. of Chaos, which I read, and it's yeah, it's pretty much the story of that. Okay. Um, and yeah, 
it's it's the the birth of a new type of music that mm. very quickly because mm. it was so all encompassing for those involved um and there was a kind of one upmanship yeah uh, it very quickly turned to it's quite rival murder yeah. and yeah then burning the churches so is that Burzum? so it's Burzum mayhem although they're not necessarily represented in the documentary mm. also emperor mm. dark throne yeah. they were all part of that that same um it's 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 essentially it's like gangster rap it's the few yeah. that take it to the point of like yeah oh no i genuinely is, am for real so yeah. i will carry guns and i will fucking yeah. think that i'm a pimp and start shooting people up and get shot mm. yeah and it's kind of like the same thing it's like well you keep saying you're evil you better go and fucking kill someone don't mm. you mm. Yeah, but, but like, and the thing that the the guy who started the whole thing who's uh, who's ultimately the 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 genius behind it all was just into the music and was mm. like all of this is just for show it's just yeah that we, it's all just propaganda so that people get to hear about the scene and get into the music that nobody should be hurt there shouldn't be any yeah and then the people who follow it take it to a further extreme than him and it just got totally out of his hands and he ended up dying yeah Mm. which is terrible really um but i mean that was when they even got to the point where it was like you know oh i saw him on the telly wearing a white t-shirt he's lost it and you're like Fucking much, isn't it? I was talking to Jennifer, yeah, and we were talking before we watched the documentary. Um, because in the book, there's several reasons mm. mentioned as to why um, a Varg did, did kill Euronymous, mm. yeah, and that was one of the reasons. One of them was that he wore a white t shirt on TV, yeah. yeah um, one of them was that the, the girlfriend had previously been with Varg and it was then with Euronymous. One of them was that he wanted to be the head of the of the whole of the movement. Of the movement, yeah. Um, yeah. And, and nobody realised. What well, I know why he did it. We all know why he did it because he's a fucking knob. Was why yeah. he did it. But ultimately, his reason in his head for why he did it is still yet to be. Uh, yeah. Because he keeps telling everybody something different. So mm. nobody. It's, it's like did. Dave Allen's finger. You know, <laughs> just keeps saying a different reason why he ain't got one. <laughs> You know, only the thing is, there's a trail of bodies in this one. I love Dave Allen. Who doesn't? Um, but yeah, so Logs of Chaos was was actually a, yeah. I, I thought it was a really good depiction of everything that's in the book. Adam has suddenly just had a revelation. Yeah, this morning I started watching something on Netflix, an Argentinian cartoon called um, Kirlian Frequency. K I R. Yeah. L-I-A-N. I watched the first episode. Yeah. Mm. Fuck, man. That is something to really check out. It's kind of a bit like Welcome to Night Vale almost, but not as humorous. Mm. Um, but basically, it's got an incredible animation style because like, it's very sort of abstract and everything. It's like a bit flash animation sort of almost, isn't mm, it? Yeah. Um, and I think it originally was like a web series, but it's been taken down and now is now out on Netflix. Um, but it's basically this weird little town somewhere in the provinces in Argentina mm-hmm. where just weird shit goes down. So it's a bit eerie Indiana or that Ooh, sort of thing. Nice. And basically it's told... And it reminded me, again, Pontypool came into it because it's a DJ... And again, like the Welcome to Night Vale thing, where it's like the local DJ telling stories of what's been going on. Mm. But equally, it's like... 
weird internal conspiracies within the town and things like that and you've got weird creatures and things but no, but everything it's quite nicely done the second episode is set up so much to be vampires and then it isn't okay. and things like that and you're like Oh, that's really fucking so it's good. Got little twists. Yeah, so but they're, has, they're yeah. fairly short, though, isn't it? The yeah, it was only about like I managed to get I managed to pack a couple in when yeah. I was seeing the Ted this morning, and um, yeah, I, sorry, that was I knew there was something buzzing at the back of my head, that I knew, <laughs> so I would say definitely check it out because that is, I reckon you'd probably do it in about two hours or something like that. There's okay. only five episodes up, and nice. but yeah, they are what I've seen so far is really good. The music's very sort of carpenter. Esque mm. and yeah, just the animation style is really good. It's very sort of stylized, but there's also um, everyone appears in silhouette, so you'll get like glasses or a moustache you can see, but otherwise the person's in silhouette, okay, or their eyes or something. You know what I mean? Just to pick someone out or their hair yeah. or something like that. But essentially, yeah, everyone appears in silhouette, but there's like yeah, it's just that really good. Really, it's really good, and go. and just yeah, it just popped up on Netflix this morning. I was like, oh fuck it, I'll give it a whirl. And at first, I was like, no, oh, you're a bit welcome to Night Vale, and then it was like. Yeah, you're a bit welcome tonight, but I mean, it's <laughs> fucking good. So, yeah. I'll definitely have to. Uh, the other thing, I just um, downloaded, so once I've finished True Detective, um, I'm going to have to go and find it somewhere. Um, Stephen Volk mm. wrote a three part mini series. Yes. You know about this. A mid. Uh, is it called Midwinter? Oh, balls! I can't it's something like balls. that. Yeah, I should have brought it with me. Oh, That's we've got a thing right here in front of us. Oh yeah, we have. We a, could Google. We it. have a computer, but we're not editing anymore, so you will have to listen to us while we do this. So I, I apologise. And all I can say is, is that uh, if you've not listened to a podcast in which someone doesn't talk for about five minutes while they're googling something, and then it you just hear, hmm, gets a bit hmm. boring. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but if you, it's basically it happens. I can't find Stephen Volk on here. That's because you've not spelled it right. Oh no, yeah, it's PH. Oh, well, well there you go, see? There Spells it is. with a PH. Thievens. <laughs> <laughs> Midsummer of, uh, Midwinter Mid-winter of the Spirits. Ah, okay. Um, 2015, somebody put up about it on Twitter and Lady Jennifer noticed it. I said, oh, have you seen this? It's Stephen Volk. We've not. So I shall be tracking down a copy of that. And we've just, funnily enough, finished watching Bleak House. Oh, yes. Um, And the girl, the main character from, one of the main characters from Bleak House, actually plays the main character in this. Oh, right, okay. That will be interesting. So I'll keep you all posted. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Stephen Volk's latest thing that I'm now coming to four years after the fact but nevertheless well better late than never well, if he's mm, going dra- to drag his feet you know <laughs> mountain um, can't come to him you know. so we have just watched Leprechaun we should probably get into that yes um, before it gets into us <laughs> <laughs> it's an interesting I did give Adam the option actually before we started recording um, I said to him right so the way that this goes is there is Leprechaun 1 which is very low budget and takes itself 
not seriously, but I remember it being more serious than it actually was. I was going to say, it doesn't take itself too seriously, I don't no. think, really. I, I remember it being more than it was. Um, but yeah, when it gets into the later ones, so uh, the third one is in... The second one is similar to the first, as, as I remember. Um, except he talks in rhyme all the way through, if I remember that correctly, for no reason. Every time he speaks, it has to be a rhyme. He does it a couple of times. Yeah, his, when it's the killings. How many killings? Lords. But in the second one, he does it Don't every time it, he speaks. Do you think they'd watch Big Money Hustlers and just thought that's the way to go? <laughs> um, and then the third one is in Las Vegas, and the fourth one is in Space. And then they go to the hood. Yeah, leprechaun. Yeah, number five is re- leprechaun in the hood, and then leprechaun back in the hood yes. is number six. Um, there's 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 others as well. There's this is all because uh, full disclosure. I've never seen leprechaun before, so this mm. was a new one to me as well as to Chris. I didn't realise which that you didn't. I, know. Yeah. That's why I said I'd really want to start with the first one because it was like. What was it? Um, yeah, you can't show Jason X to someone who's never seen Friday the Thirteenth. Yeah, because it's a bit, hey. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I, but yeah. So, um, but when I was looking into it, yeah, in 2014 they did a film called Leprechaun Origins. Yes. Which is a reboot. Mm. So it's not meant to be the Warwick Davis Leprechaun. It's a it's a guy for it's a wrestler from the WWE, I think. Mm. Who what, plays a full the full lepre- size guy? No, 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 no. He, he he's. Uh, I think he's um, a smaller chap. Uh, yeah, a little person, a pork. <laughs> person of restricted growth. Ah, as, right. Okay. But as said by the League of Gentlemen, so I'm assuming it's fairly wrong. So, but um, I thought they were things from Star Wars. What were they called? They were called porks. Yeah, they were the little screamy owl things. <laughs> that right. But anyway, so this chap, who apparently in the WWE, he had a leprechaun, that was his gimmick. Okay. And it was meant to be he was a leprechaun who lived under the ring or something like that. I mean, WWE has some fucking funny moments, it has to be said. So, yeah, so they did that, they've done that. And then there's Leprechaun Returns, which came out last year. Mm-hmm. Um, which Pinball Bobby has assured us is utter shit. Yes. But that, and get this, which I think is wonderful, that is one of those, it's a retcon sequel. So it's meant to be, it, again, Warwick Davis does not return in this one. I'll no. say that Warwick Davis is in like the first six. Yeah. And um, yeah, it was uh, Warwick Davis in the first six, and I quite like that, where someone's, you know, they stick to their guns and. You know, it's it's your part. Go it for is, it. And, and he absolutely... He's mm, fucking great. Yeah. He is the highlight of these. It is, it is like a slasher film in that you don't give a shit about anyone except yeah, the Leprechaun. The leprechaun. Yeah. You're rooting for him. Yeah. It's like an Elm Street movie or, yeah, a Friday the 13th where <coughs> you, you don't want Jason to die. No. You want him to kill everybody. Yeah. And you just want him to make well, it exciting. What was that film that we saw that... Reminded me of this a bit. Who is the Northern? Oh, Funny Man. Funny yeah, Man. That's yeah, it. yeah, that's yeah. very similar. So sort of. yeah. again, like the sort you, of jester. Yeah, you like him. The rest yeah. are expendable. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, so the, so they've done. So then they did that reboot one, and then they've done this one, and it's a retcon sequel. So mm. what it's meant to be is they've basically decided that Leprechaun Returns is like the 2018 Halloween. In that it's a direct sequel to the first film. All the other sequels don't exist. And A, 
you've not got Warwick Davis back. Mm. Better than that, they Tory is in it, but surprisingly enough, Jennifer Aniston decided not mm. to return. Odd, odd that, isn't it? Because I mean, Jamie Lee Curtis goes back to um, Halloween mm. on the basis that, and I think there is an element of it's like, well, these are the films that made me. Yeah, these yeah. are the films that sort of you know. Whereas so I was with, say, with Jennifer Aniston, it's Friends. She doesn't really have any loyalty to Leprechaun, to, so no. but for some reason they decide to write her character back into it, and apparently Ozzy's back in it as well, um, played by the same bloke. Because let's face it, he's not been troubled mm. too much by work since. But was was this one of Jennifer Aniston's earliest big bigger? Um, you said it was her one. first. I think this was her first. Let's yeah. have a quick look. I mean, like I thought she did quite well in it. Really? Oh yeah, no, I, know, think, as, I think as as as, as, as a character, as as any of the characters in this, I mm. think she does very well as like with with the part you're given. Yeah, yeah. So this is her first. Movie. So she was in an episode of Quantum Leap. Mm. There was a Ferris Bueller TV show, mm. apparently, which she was in. Camp Cucamonga. No idea what that is. A TV movie. Oh, she's in Mashem, she, yeah, she's in McDonald's. Yeah, she's uncredited. uncredited. So, yeah, we kind of... Um, yeah, so this is very early in her career. Yeah. Um, I'm assuming this doesn't go at the top of her current resume. Because uh, I, I, that was the thing as well. Is I did, When I was doing the research for this, it was like none of the other actors in it are people who I've particularly know or recognise in anything at else. first, no. was it Nathan? Um, mm. I thought, is that Kevin Bacon? And then I thought, was it Jim Carrey? And... <laughs> There seemed to be a bit of both happening. There's a, there's a lot going so, on in there. It's like, yeah. But again, and so and then I got to the point where it was like, right, there's two people in this who are famous, Warwick Davis and mm. Jennifer Aniston. And Jennifer Aniston, it was like, I don't have to research Jennifer Aniston because yeah. it's like, that's she's Jennifer Aniston famous. Yeah. So it was like, oh, yeah, you just say, oh, it's Jennifer Aniston. You don't have to list the roles, really. Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, no, that's... That's kind of in, her most famous less, role is being Jennifer. Unless she'd done some other horror films. Mm. Very true. I, I think she's done some other horrible films. Yeah. I don't think she ever returned to horror. I think no. this was a breaking role, but and then she bailed this, out very quickly. So I like it looked to me like this film did help her a lot because it made her the character a heroine. I think like she became, you know, she wasn't just a useless woman <laughs> doing nothing. And screaming at everything, she did actually start to because she take is brought charge. in in a very sort of yeah at first sort of not bimbo role but like mm, what's the word like airhead of, sort of yeah. role like yeah but I would say bimbo wasn't that terrible she was certainly acting a bit she definitely not I, quite I said slutty, as we were watching it yeah she yeah. turned up and was like I'm not staying here this is filthy this is disgusting mm. oh right there's a good looking yeah. guy painting the house no, yeah no, he's I'll flooded stay. my basement yeah. I'll stay. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, so I, I thought, you know, the film did help her out probably. Because mm. if it hadn't had that sort of halfway through where she started to look after people and take charge, she would have looked way worse mm. by the end of it. And actually thinking about it, there's actually very few people get bumped off in this. It's not a particularly mm. big cast and hard, no. and most of them make it. Yeah, you, yeah, the ones that get killed you don't... Or incidental know, yeah. characters. It's mm. like the shop owner and the old yeah. boy from the start and his missus. Mm. They're the only ones who really and I, croak. And I actually liked the bit, like the film we saw last time, where they put the boy in danger towards the end. I mean, you could say it's a bit of a cheap trick to add a level of uh, intensity. You know, when he's getting his head pushed towards the bear trap. 
Oh yeah, yeah. So similar to Critters in the way that it and it, it mm. felt a lot like Critters actually with yeah. the stuff in the barn and the mm. isolation of the country house and an explosion at the end, but not quite as good explosion. Not yeah. quite as good, but again, <laughs> yeah. yeah, amazing. So they take one one uh, jerry can of petrol, yeah. pour it on top of some water. <laughs> throw a match on it Boom. and everything explodes in just a massive ball of flame but rather than I've got the impression you know they weren't going for accuracy like you said with her with a shotgun they were going for her yeah like what's it cocking what do yeah. you call that yeah that so, so she's got a pump action shotgun yeah and pumping she, it that's yeah. it yeah yeah. like it's the look of that rather than the fact that it's actually rather a stupid thing to do she's just chucked a cartridge yeah. out the side for no apparent reason whatsoever I mean you did beg the question why the painter and de- painters and decorators had brought a shotgun to you know yes. unless the, unless they do avant-garde painting maybe they've just got shelves full of paint and it's like do you want a pattern well it looked know, like, like it when they hit him because he exploded in green yeah. stuff, that's so true yeah it was just lazy painters did you spot what the um what the company's called three, three men guys who paint three guys yeah. yeah i mean that must have taken ages <laughs> and certainly that'd be the one that i'd pick out of the phone book well, you know three guys that paint who decide after the dad has had his fingers bitten off looking for pussy in a hole um, they decide to stay the night despite the fact presumably they're local and have got homes to go yeah. to yeah this is very true um, and because this is before it all kicks off with the leprechaun as well isn't it yeah, when yeah. they decide to stay. So at this point, they oh, just no, no, think you no, the leprechaun. Yeah, no, that's sorry the leprechaun is around and about but yeah they're still apart from Aussie, they're all convinced it's just accidental, but it's like, yeah, well, your dad's at dad's out of town, you know. The three of us are going to come and stay in your house for the night. Mm. We've decided. That's all very normal. <laughs> I think there's a, a interesting treatment of um, what's the what would be the polite term? Uh, for You've got a gardener who's a big one. What is the polite term for it? <laughs> um, uh, 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 Educationally challenged? Or yes. Development. Developmentally challenged, yeah. Yeah, interesting sort of take on that, where it's basically being bullied by a small child. Yes. For most of it. Yeah. Who who is who convinces it? Who knows full well that they cannot fix him, but tells him they can just so they can get the money. That yeah. kid is... That kid is clearly like the sort of... Bugsy sort of genius, what? Because he's clearly running it. Yeah, yeah, you know. I mean, you know, Nathan's like just is a the big lump of idiot, and the other one's just a big lump. Mm-hmm. And he's obviously like, you know, he's running it, which is why he's got his night air pumps. Because we were Reebok pumps, Reebok pumps, Reebok yeah. pumps. Sorry, they are. They, yeah, because obviously f- shoes. Are imp- I wrote this down. Shoes are important in this film. No, yes, I yeah, found them very right. important because it reminded me so much of the eighties. So he's in his Reebok pumps, and she's got. A she's LA in her gear. pink and white LA gears. Now, was that advertising placement? No, no. no. This film could not afford not. advertising. No. I'm surprised they could afford LA gears or Reebok pumps. I think they're probably the actors. I think models own. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and Aussie's got. Um, Oh, Converse uh, All Stars mm. on, so yeah, there was a lot. Of, there was a lot of, sh- and obviously, he has to polish the shoes, mm. which just was great. Maybe that's why the shoes are important because 
the leprechaun was obsessed with shoes, so therefore they all yeah. have to have they have to have good shoes. Good shoes. Do you know the other reason why shoes are important? Keeping dog shit off your socks. <laughs> 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 Thanks for that. But uh, also, if they'd have marketed this correctly, if they'd have marketed this to kids, mm. the toys, mm. because the leprechaun has more fucking vehicles than yeah. Batman. Yeah. yeah, you could have had the tricycle leprechaun, the wheelchair leprechaun, the go kart with a fucking mm. pitchfork on the end sure. of it. You wait till he gets. To, I'm sure, if I remember correctly, in Vegas, he's got like a full on. Vegas is the third one you said. Yeah, yeah. He's got like a full on go kart <laughs> thing that just appears whenever he wants it to. Just so, like in this one, it's pretty unbelievable. So he finds that car in the pawn shop. Yeah. yeah. Downstairs, he somehow manages to get it, it up the stairs yeah. to street level. But I'm sure in the third one, yeah, like he snaps his fingers or claps his hands or taps his toes or does something. Mm. Yeah, and this. Leprechaun go kart just appeared. As I've not seen it in God, fucking hell, probably ten years, so I may not be remembering it correctly. But I'm sure it was pretty. When he came out on that tricycle, mm-hmm. I fucking lost it. I uh, did. That very, really, very that really just caught me off guard. I was like, "This is." And again, yeah, I don't think we can say hand on heart that they were taking themselves too seriously no, with it but that is what made it but it clearly got more ridiculous yeah. if you've if you've gone to space and then you get iced tea in your film and go to the hood I'm you've sure pro- by pro- the third one it starts getting like Nightmare on Elm Street level of like reality bending so it did, it did give yeah. me a sense of that with some of the magic that he was doing and the way he was chasing them mm. Not that I've seen Nightmare on Elm Street for a while, because I did start watching it the other day, but yeah, no, it, it somehow reminded me of it. This is it becoming quite like, a bugbear for you, isn't it? I know, it? well... <laughs> I tried to watch I, it. I did. I'm, I'm going to work my way through the first one. Work my way through the first we'll one. We'll have to do it on the show. Oh, uh, we, we could do. God, we should. Well, it's, it's, just, it's number three it's, that I remember as the one that actually really scared me. I don't know that it I've watched... It is one of my all-time favourites. What, what number one? Up, just the Elm Street oh, okay, series. Yeah. Um, well, so I remember three is the effects just looking so real I just I remember he was holding the up the vines oh, the and, and, the, and, the, te- yeah. and the, the um the TV and that that freaked me out so much because it's yeah. like TV what that could happen on my TV I yeah. just couldn't get it out of my head because <laughs> because it, it's a weird thing but I mean it's like it dominates the 80s in so much as you get Halloween and mm. that spins off to Jason essentially mm. that's the lineage there of silent killers in masks. But really the 80s and 90s was about who can be the next Freddy Krueger. And there are a lot of wise-cracking sort of... And it even sort of starts to infect stuff like even um, like Hellraiser 3 goes... Pinhead goes a bit Yeah, he starts having having one-liners rather than sort of portentous dialogue to tell. And and also, you know, the, all of the Cenobites that he creates are like Freddy Krueger kills. Yeah. You know, like a DJ killed by CDs and things like that. Mm. Um, but yeah, Krueger just is like the shadow. He is the shadow cast over 80s horror. Because he's such a perfect character. It is. It, there's nothing about that. And the thing is, because they made it such an iconic character, from the hat to the jumper to the yeah. blades... Like everything about that character is iconic. Like that mm. image has been built from the ground up. 
It's not a bloke in a coat or a bloke with a mask. Yeah. Every every part of that image has been put together. Yeah. And it just creates one of the most, possibly the most iconic um, horror icon since the original Universal. Yeah. You know, like he's well, he's uh, he is a, a an, an original monster. He's not from a book. He's not from mythology. He is created by them. But like you say, just so fucking well. Yeah. Because everything becomes iconic. Mm. Not just the glove, but the hat can mean anything. And yeah. the amount of stuff that ends up with the jumper stripes on mm. him. Yeah. And things like that in there. So you've got all these things that can mm. represent him. And his figure alone. It's There's a thing in comics which is... Um, create a silhouette. Hmm. If your character's got a good silhouette—Batman, yeah. Superman, you know, yeah. yeah. If you've got a good silhouette, you're That's... you're immediately, you know. And Kruger has. In there fact, is no they mistake. Tried to do that. Well, in Leprechaun, he would make a silhouette, yeah. and they use yeah, that. Yeah. yeah. Mm. And I think that's the thing. I think the Leprechaun is one one of the better. Certainly in this one, I don't know how yeah. sort of it how it goes, but I mean, I did enjoy. Warwick Davis' yeah. performance in this. And, yeah, and, and I was glad it was Warwick It's really Davis. clear it's him. Mm. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, the makeup is... It's not it's just... Still, a, it's still clearly yeah. him. Yeah. I mm-hmm. could see it's him, yeah. And, it, and he is absolutely amazing all the way through. Um, mm. Yeah, as I say, they do get more and more camp and hammy as it goes, but he he really leans into it in such a brilliant way. Yeah. No, is this his only horror? No, um, I think that he's well. Um, he's he's been in a lot of fantasy. Mm, yeah, um, he's in Doctor Terrible's House of Horrible. He's Tygon in Scream, Satan, Scream. You know the Witchfinder General one. Yeah, he's yeah, yeah. the assistant in that. Yeah. Um, and but yeah, I mean he's obviously he's Wicket in Return of the Jedi, Caravan of Courage, and Ewok Adventure, and Ewoks: The Battle for Endor. Um, he's Willow in the film Willow. Yeah. Um, Willow Uffgood in that. Um, he was Marvin the Paranoid Android, the body of Marvin the Paranoid Android in the Hitchhiker's film. Mm. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. And, um, but again, um, and then he's in the Harry Potter films in loads of different roles. He's like Professor Flitwick is his main role, but he plays other... Yeah. Uh, characters in it as well, mm. and I didn't realise this, but actually he's in lots of the recent Star Wars films. Yes, mm. like he's just sort of like smaller characters. He's in he's some he's Weasel in Solo, Woody Bin in the Last Jedi, and Wee Teeth Sayubi <laughs> in Rogue One, and Wall Van in The Force Awakens, and he's loads of different people in The Phantom Menace as well. So I knew he was in The Phantom really. Menace, I didn't mm. know he was in any of the mm. later stuff. Yeah, because I don't recognise the character names, but then the more recent ones, you know, I am not, I'm not a child anymore, so my brain does not retain stuff, whereas I could name you every single fucking character in Star Wars. And again, yeah. they, like with the originals as well, they were a lot of them weren't named until they became... Until toys. you had a figure, mm. yeah, exactly. And so you had the figure and you knew it. On that interesting note, I will say this, which is something that I did find out when um, when, I, when I was researching this. When he... Basically, what happened was his gran heard that they were looking for short actors to play the Ewoks mm. on the radio. So he went along to the audition and then um, 
I think they said whoever was going to play Wicket fell ill, and so he became Wicket, hmm. and like sort of so that sort of made him more of a featured actor and everything else hmm. like that. But apparently, I mean, he just really had a lovely time on there uh, on the set and everything. But get this, Mark Hamill, praise be to Mark Hamill. Name's amazing. Yeah, get this. Um, obviously, Warwick Davis was eleven when he did Return of the Jedi. <laughs> And and actually, he was uh, two foot eleven at the time. Jesus. He's now three foot six mm. as a as a grown man. But yeah, when he was uh, doing Return of the Jedi, so he was an eleven year old. So he's obviously fucking Star Wars mad, mm. and he had all these figures with him. And Mark Hamill bought him all the figures he didn't have. Bloody Nora! Like so, he'd have the whole set, mm. and, and it's like hundreds of them. Yeah, well, not only that, but also Mark. Stop being such a nice fucking bloke. Yeah. Do you know what? That man is an absolute... He's, again, he is he's, going down as a legend of our time. He is. He's genuinely... Reeves, just, I don't yeah. think there's many of them, but those who are, are just... Who would you say? Keanu Reeves? Keanu Reeves. Is he? Keanu Reeves, Reeves is, is apparently all about him. He's supposed to be one of the nicest people you will ever meet in your entire life. And also, I do Fair feel point. sorry for him because people do insist on photographing him when he takes the subway. And it's like... He's taking the fucking subway. Don't photograph him. That's just, yes. you know. It, awesome, and it's also though, not a big just... story now because we all know he uses the fucking mo- yeah. uh, the metro in the. <laughs> so yeah, but when he's on the, the on the train, mm. like, people always, mind you, it's kind of really you can kind of understand that because yeah. that was the thing. You know when it, when obviously when like the Me Too thing uh, mm. really exploded and it was sort of like reports of this person, oh, that person. Yeah, yeah I think no, it was, it was like the nothing. Onion or the Huffington Post or something like that, which was. <laughs> uh, uh, several women accused Keanu Reeves of taking them out for a pleasant meal and yeah. a nice evening. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad we watched this instead yeah. of any of the others because I, I thought I think they'd enjoy the others more. But actually, yeah, we might not. Have. No, I really, I really, I, I'm really taken with it. I have to say, I thought it was just, and not only that, but also, like I say, I'm a Warwick Davis fan. I think this is literally his own mm. real horror thing. And also, just I respect anyone who's quite happy to turn up for all the sequels. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's like Donald Pleasance with Halloween. It's like you didn't have to, Don, yeah, but yeah, well sure. done, mate. For yeah. de- well done for coming in. <laughs> but it's funny because this went the other way. So unlike Halloween, I mean, obviously Halloween was an indie to begin with, and mm. then sort of got bigger. But yeah, this this did the same. So the first one is obviously very low budget, and then yeah, the the more people saw the ludicrousness of it, mm. the more they leaned into that, and the. I guess the bigger and bigger the budget's got because they... Yeah. Well, well, up to about three or four and then I think it started tailing off again. But, you know, I know the Leprechaun in the Hood movies are, um, mm. yeah, have got their own cult following, so I must watch them at some point. I haven't made it that far. I've made it as far as Leprechaun in Space. <laughs> which which uh, is further than any man mm. has gone before. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Right, anyway. Well, so, and we will see you next time for... for I'm I'm not checking my calendar. I'm definitely not checking my calendar because that would be a very It's Evil Dead, as far as I'm aware. It is Evil Dead. Evil Dead Well done. It's only because I checked it earlier. Uh, (laughs) And then I began to doubt myself because that's what happens. So I thought I'd let everyone else (laughs) check their calendar rather than go definitely. I have one last question. Who ever found four leaf clover? No. 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 I'm not sure they exist. It's it's a weird thing, isn't it, that you have to predicate luck on Mutated vegetables. Yeah. First. <laughs> I bet. I bet Sellafield. <laughs> Blues of them. Yeah. yeah. Night, ladies and gentlemen. Bye. Bye. Bye.